I promise I'm not eating chips. Okay. Hello, and welcome back to the Salty Sisters. I'm Mackenzie. And I'm Sage. And we're going to be your guides today as we take on relationships that no longer serve you. In this episode, we are calling... I'll never let go, Jack. Sage saying that was uh, took about as long as it took the Titanic to sink. <laughs> Maybe could you say it with a bit more like energy? I'll never let you go, Jack. That's better. I don't know why I think she has like a little bit of an English accent. Because she... Does she? I don't know. I haven't seen Titanic in a long time. No, she's from New York, right? Yeah, she's she's just an American. She's very... Bore, bore, bore. Well, in the movie, she is. What is she in real life? She's not American. Is she British? Oh, yes. <laughs> Who knew? God. Oh my God. She does have a bit of an accent in that, actually. Now that I think back to it. You know what she does? Okay, I'm just gonna cut all of this. Yeah. Okay. Ready? Let's start over. Hello, and welcome back to the Salty Sisters. Am I allowed to say hey, though? Yeah, but, like, don't whisper it like a creep. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Oh, fuck's sake. One, two, three. Hello. Hey. Welcome back to the Salty Sisters. I'm Mackenzie. I'm Sage. And we're your hosts for today and always, forever. You're welcome. Thanks for being here. First off, we wanted to say thank you for tuning in last week where we talked about finding our own religious footing and our own belief system and talked a little bit about our own journeys and upbringings through the church and whatnot. Uh, it seems to have struck a chord with quite a few of you. few people have reached out saying, you know, it aligned with their own journey or they've experienced something similar. We are really honored to have space in your life and have your ear while we're discussing these honestly like really important topics yeah definitely i know i had a couple really good conversations last week with two totally different people and it was really cool just to hear what people thought of it and they just really appreciated that we were willing to like open up so much about that and i do apologize that it sounded like mckinsey was at the zoo perhaps and that i was wrestling a chimpanzee I kept playing with my microphone. I was really excited to have a mic, and I just kept moving it around really excitedly. So this week, I'm sitting on my hands, and hopefully, we're going to nail the audio. But we really appreciate you all showing up for us, despite, well, us. Despite our our flaws. (laughs) I've chosen an indoor location for this recording, so it's really nice outside. It was really hard to do it. But for my saltines, I would do anything. (laughs) Yeah, we appreciate you. (laughs) We love you. Okay, and so today we are talking about navigating friendships. Friendship breakups. Friendship breakups. And so we are calling it I'll Never Let You Go, Jack. I'll never let you go, Jack. That was beautiful. (laughs) That was really good. For women, one thing Mackenzie and I share is a difficulty in making good friends. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate. I hear a lot of adults talking about how hard it is to make friends. And it's something that I've always had a hard time with. Mackenzie, I won't speak directly for you. But growing up, I know that I was such a tomboy that I just never was on the same wavelength as the other little girls growing up. So I gravitated towards being friends with boys most of my life. Yeah, and I was sort of the opposite. I had two really, really good friends growing up. Sage probably remembers this. I spent 
literally every weekend at their house and we had a really close-knit bond we could tell each other anything and and then when I was in high school we had a parting of the ways and ever since then I really struggle to sort of allow people to get that close to me because it hurts really bad so Mm. I've just decided to be cagey bitch for the rest of my life instead of no I'm kidding (laughs) but no it really uh it really taught me some valuable lessons and then as you know I was able to form some more like close-knit friendships in my 20s and those also ended and and now I just pick people I can actually rely on (laughs) yeah I think once I finally made friends that were girls or women so like the first friend I ever or the first group of friends I ever had was in middle school that were all girls. And then later on in high school, I had a really good friend. Pretty much like my only friend in high school was a girl. And then when I went to college, I had a group of like really solid, you know, at that point, I think we're women. So women friends around me. And I, I feel like I really always struggled with just like the very intricate complexities of female friendship. And I'm not sure why having female friends, it just seems so much more complex. Personally, I think it's because females are, our history has been rooted against each other forever. Because, you know, I think the male population realized that if we banded together, we would win. And so everything. So, you know, as women got to go into the workplace, we weren't competing against the men we're competing against each other and as we raise babies we're not a community we're competing against each other and as you know our successes unfortunately are not seen as a communal success it's an individual success and Mm -hmm. so I think you know we they they preach like sisterhood to you at a young age but then the the reality is they're like you need to have a sisterhood but be willing to stab that person in the back because both of you are not going to be given the room at the top Hmm. is like the narrative that I think we're fed. And it's so stupid because there is room for everybody. (laughs) There is Hmm. room for success for everybody. But I do think if if women realize that if we banded together, we'd win. Like, can you imagine? (laughs) The world would be so incredible. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's it's like a double narrative and a double standard that they set for females. And it makes it really, really complex to navigate it. Yeah, it is. It's so, <laughs> I, I find it very complex. Like even to this day, I still don't really, um, I struggle just with like the the narrative of the feminine anyways, right? Like I have my whole life. I've always pushed against it. That doesn't mean I'm any less of a woman, you know, just because I can't really buy into a lot of that, but I just... You know, for some reason, like on a relational level, it's just made it so hard for me to be close to other women. Yeah. And I don't think it's just women that struggle with this. Like, I'm sure men find it equally as complex because they sort of feed you two narratives. Like women are in this group and they do like womenly things. They go shopping and men are manly and they go play sports together. And I think if you don't fall into that narrative, it's sort of like, well, where do I go find friends? (laughs) It can be really complex. (laughs) It can be really complex. And then on top of that, when you lose a really close friend, there is no set of rules for that kind of heartbreak. Mm -hmm. Like, I think there's a set of rules for a breakup. 
because that's been navigated and spoken about and, you know, Hollywood has taken that ball and just run with it. But when you lose a friend, it's just sort of like too bad. Hmm. But in my experience, it is like a horrific heartbreak and you never get over it. Like when you really find friendship and people are woven into your lives, like you grew up together and you're like sisters at that point and then you, you just stop, like... How are you supposed to deal with that? <laughs> mm, there's not really like it's not talked about very much. Um, yeah, it's. Ugh, I don't. It's hard. I don't, I'm like, I'm sitting here and I'm like asking myself, am I really ready to talk about this? <laughs> it's really hard, and it's you know when I was young and and that friend I'm talking about, like we had a group of of girlfriends, like it was we were the gang to be with and we were very popular. And then when I started dating Matt in high school, that whole friendship sort of unraveled because I was spending more time with Matt than I was with her. And at the time I was emotionally immature. Like, you know, I was 16 years old. Like, what are you meant to do at that point? Mm -hmm. And I, I decided that because I had stopped calling her all the time, she wasn't willing to pick up the other end of it. So, so that's kind of how that whole thing ended. And then we tried to fix it and we had a meeting to like talk it through and she never showed up. Oh. And and then it just sort of I got like disowned from the whole group of girls and they would talk about me in front of me in like code. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was quite funny actually because like me and that friend had sort of developed that horrific code of like snickering about people in front of them because Unfortunately, I was a huge bitch in high school, but you know, it's like then they turned it on me and thought I wouldn't understand what was happening. Wow, classic. <laughs> and it's fine, like, you know, I don't hold that against any of these women today, and there some of them are still really good friends, and I think that's great. Like if you get to keep your friends for life, that's amazing. So I think when that sort of heartbreak happens, they don't really teach you how to navigate it very well. So then you go forward and you try to find another friendship like that, or I did. And I tried to fill that void of like, you know, your best friend just got taken from you. So then I went through high school. That's fine. I lost all, all of my close girlfriends. And in college, I was lucky enough to find a few more because we were all servers together and we all lived a very similar lifestyle. And the, both of those just sort of petered out as well. And, and that was the decision. I made a decision that like, look, I'm not going to let people as close to me as I have those three individuals who really ended up hurting me. Hmm. And at the time, like growing up, Sage and I weren't really ready for a friendship. So we weren't really friends. It's so What'd true. What'd you say? No, I actually, yeah. I'm just thinking about like how you were saying you were the popular girl and I just, oh man, it made me like so cringe because I, you know, I wanted to be a part of that so badly and I didn't have, I don't know, I just couldn't fit that mold like as hard as I ever tried or, you know, as much as, you know, our mother battered me about it. Like I just couldn't be a girly girl. Like I just couldn't be popular like that and... You know, it was so far beyond me and I was so jealous, you know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Turned out really terrible for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what's interesting is, and I don't know that you and I have ever even really talked about this directly, but I think part of our issue as well is just that we haven't had solid examples of friendship in our lives growing up. It just wasn't modeled for us and relationships just weren't something that were valued 
And so I always really felt like I didn't have any kind of tool set when I was trying to deal with making friends or, you know, I still remember the first time my high school friend got upset with me and I was just like, I literally don't, like, I, I, I just like, you know, told that person, I was like, I am sorry, like, I just don't understand what's happening right now. I just have no depth for like understanding why that would hurt you or like, you know, like I just didn't, I don't know. I really struggled to see outside of myself and I just didn't have a good tool set to even build from. And that is, yeah, that makes it harder, you know? Yeah, I would say that we as a family didn't use communication in its true and beautiful form. And so, you know, it's just not our parents' style. That's okay. They have a, a unique style to themselves. And so talking about really hard topics, talking about uncomfortable topics is just something we didn't really do very well. Or even just ever saying, this hurt my feelings and this is why, you know, or hey, why are you upset? Oh, this is why I'm upset. Even when you and I would fight as sisters, it just was like belligerent, you know, and it didn't make yeah, sense. like it didn't make a lot of sense. Or when Cody and I would fight, you know, I, oh my God. I remember one time we got in this huge fight. He was just barely 16 driving me home and he just pulled over in Tabernash, which is, by the way, it's still like four or five miles from where we actually lived. It's in between two towns. There's a dumpster and he just kicked me out of the car and drove home. Well, it sounds like you deserved it. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, we just, we couldn't, you know, I don't know. We didn't have a great tool set. And I, you know, I don't think it's anybody's fault necessarily. I just think that's true for myself. Yeah, I would say the same. And so it was a lot easier to learn to light a bridge on fire and walk away than to try to mend the bridge. Mm -hmm. And I got really good at it, man. I, like, I'd be the first one to throw the match and just we're fucking done. Like, oh, sorry, I was trying not to cuss anymore. But it's just it's who I am. (laughs) Sorry, Terry and Tom. But you know, it became a lot easier to just not emotionally attach yourself. And when you did get too close, and somebody started to hurt you in a way you just threw a match and burned it to the ground. And sometimes you have to do that. It's not maybe the most healthy way to deal with things, but in order to move on with your life when you're not really ready to have emotionally complex discussions, sometimes you throw a match and burn a bridge and you start the next chapter. Hmm. A little bit wiser, maybe, hopefully. Not always. Took me three times, personally, to really get it right. (laughs) I don't think it's an unhealthy... Well, I guess it depends on like the way that it's handled. I actually think that saying that you're like burning a bridge, that seems extreme to me because sometimes maybe that's just what's necessary for each of you to move forward in your lives. Yeah. It also is interesting too because you're not really taught about the love of a friendship. Mm-hmm. And I think true friends, you love each other and it's very... um you got to think that it hurts the other person as well. Like I, until recently, have never really stopped to think maybe I actually hurt them in addition to them hurting me. Hmm. I just like focus on my own pain. Yeah. It's easy to be self-centered when you're talking about friendship, I think. Hmm. It's not like a, you know, a romantical relationship where you're meant to both be in pain and all this nonsense. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I have a little bit different burn story, I suppose. Uh, burn pile story. Burn pile, the ashes. You <laughs> well, have some, some leftover ashes, do you? I do. I've had relationships that have just like petered out where you just fall out of touch. And you know, that is really sad in its own way. Yeah. And I, I think that 
again, a lot of that was maybe, like you were saying, like my own like emotional immaturity and just not recognizing that I could work at this and it could be a lot better. I did have a friend in college, a really, really close dear friend. And you know, it was, it was like a sisterhood. We did deeply care for each other. I would have done anything for this person. And you know, I think that sometimes you can love somebody, but still need to let them go. And I think that I never expected to have to do that especially with this person but it just came to a point where I personally like had been hurt so many times and it was affecting me it was affecting my marriage and it just got to this point where like I was giving so much of myself to somebody that wasn't in a place to receive it or in a place where it could be like a mutual support thing right like i've had that kind of like a lot with friends especially in the last i want to say 10 years it's been a big theme of just feeling oh like i gave a lot in my 20s but now i don't feel like i receive very much even though i'm going through a lot of life transitions myself it's been really interesting but i do think there's a time and a place where you have to recognize this can't be anymore it's causing too much hurt Yeah, that's actually kind of interesting. Maybe we should unfold that a little bit. Um, At what point do you recognize that it is time to move on from a friendship? For me, it was I had to make the decision once between Matt and that friend, Mm -hmm. right? And I obviously chose the love of my life. Sure. It didn't make it any easier. But like, I think when your values are not lining up, and when you feel like they're taking so much from you, and you're you're not getting anything back. Yeah, I think for me, that's the point. It's just, it's where you know you've given. For me, it was really to the point where my partner and I had both given a lot and I had asked a lot of my partner. And it was actually when my partner finally looked at me or my husband and he said, are we done? That's the point, right? You have to realize that when somebody is repeatedly just like hurting you, you can, it's okay for you to walk away from that. Yeah. I agree with you. I mean, that's not just friendships. I mean, for me in my life, that's a rule of thumb. I mean, that applies to my marriage, certainly. Taylor and I went through a huge rough patch for two solid years where we were just battling to like stay married. And, you know, like it's okay. Are we hurting each other enough to the point where we need to just walk away from this? For real. And, you know, I apply it to all my relationships with my family. It's just, it's a rule for me. I just have to. And you know what? It hurts to have to do that I still think about this person I still see them occasionally and you know I love seeing them but I just know that there is a boundary and it's there in front of me I'm okay like chatting and saying hello and seeing how they're doing but that's as far as it goes yeah I mean that is growing up and becoming emotionally mature I think in a nutshell is that mm-hmm. at some point you will have to walk away from somebody in order to protect your own mental health, your own well-being, your own life that you are creating for yourself. And your values as you grow up change, your priorities change. And it's okay if the people that you met at 21 don't align with you anymore at 30. Mm-hmm. That's that's okay. Yeah. If they keep if they do, that's awesome. Like I can't stress that enough. I think that's so cool when people can grow up together and grow and change together. Mhm. But I don't think it's ever okay to let people push you to a point where you're no longer aligning with your current values or they try to derail you from your goals and, you know, what you're trying to achieve for yourself. 
Totally. Or you know that you are giving so much of yourself to the relationship and they are constantly making you feel like you haven't given enough. That to me is the biggest red flag. I don't yeah. tolerate it at all. I'm just like, well, that's fucked, you know? See yeah. ya. I, yeah, I tolerate it a lot less. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. It turns out when you move abroad too, that really becomes a situation of like, who's actually going to contact you. That is true. Right. That's, yeah. Like, you can't hold up everyone's relationship for them. Like, there's not enough energy, you know? (laughs) No. They'll suck you dry of your soul. (laughs) Mm hmm. Seriously. They will. (laughs) I don't know why, but I have always found female friendships specifically for me to be very, just so difficult. Will it ever get easier? I don't know. I hope. I'm working on it. I found that recently I've been, um, I've made some new friends in Australia and I think I'm a little bit hesitant when I, when we first enter into the friendship, I give and take a little bit more easily now. Like I see what they're willing to give and give back and reciprocate the same instead of jumping in like full force, if that makes sense. You're not going so deep so quick. Yeah. Yeah. Because like before when I was younger, it was like when I met these friends, it's like we clung to each other for dear life. Hmm. You know, and it was like, you're my best friend. I couldn't live without you. Stuff like that. And here we are, not friends anymore, still living. So what a bunch of bullshit that is. (laughs) And now I think I'm letting it develop more naturally instead of trying to like force it into best friendshipness. That's interesting. Not every friendship needs to be a deep best friend kind of soul connection. And I think that's really important. You and I obviously have that connection, but we've had to really work on it. And we are bonded, unfortunately, by blood forever until forever death, you know. We have to choose friendship and we have to choose to be deep, you know, and we have to choose to call each other. I mean, Mackenzie and I, we talk almost, we talk almost every day. You know, if, yeah. if we're not texting, it's not a normal day between us. And we live, you know, a day and a half apart time zone wise. It's complicated. It is. And, you know, but not every friendship needs to be like that. And quite frankly, you don't have the energy or the depth to do that as you get older, right? It was a huge point of contention in my friendships when I started the business and was married. And then when I had Asher, some of my friends were like, dude, I haven't heard from you or seen you. And I'm like, yeah. Because I'm drowning. Like, what the fuck do you want from me? (laughs) Like, you know what I need from you right now? Like, you never asked, you know? And that's the truth. So, I don't know. But Mackenzie was on the other side of that phone every single damn day during that time. And she never made me feel like, oh, I haven't heard from you. She just knew and would call when she wanted to hear from me, which I always appreciated. (laughs) And now I use your son in case you don't call. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's a really hard thing to learn is how do you ask for what you need? Mm-hmm. from people who maybe you're not sure are going to stick around forever. Like you, I'm very comfortable saying this is what I need from you. But you also ask, do you need something? Because you can tell when I'm being like, totally insane. <laughs> like our husbands, I think we're both very comfortable asking them for what we need. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like, how do you form that kind of relationship with somebody who is not blood related to you, who is not your partner for life, you know? I think that's what we could probably learn and do better is this is what I need. It's interesting. I actually really agree with you. I think that is interesting. (laughs) Fuck you. 
But what's funny is I have had this friend since owning the coffee shop. They're going to know exactly that I'm talking about them right now. We've always been friends, but we haven't been close, close the whole time we've known each other. So we've known each other for, I want to say, eight years or something now at this point. And like, I even fired this person from the business at one point. So, you know, we have had some ups and downs. But recently, in the last year, we have really reconnected. And it's been really powerful because she's listening to this podcast and she'll text me about it, right? And we're talking about it. And then she'll say, I realize we haven't talked about a lot of this stuff or, you know, we could have supported each other better. And to me, it's really cool because I think that we should save space in our life for friendships like that. I think they come out of the blue and it's totally natural and there's nothing that's forced about it. I, I legitimately pick up my phone and text her or call her because I want to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I have a friend in New York and he and I met training for our job five years ago. And like we have nothing in common and we talk once a month and it's like the best thing ever. (laughs) Yeah. And when he's upset, he tells me and I'll tell him what's going on. And when I'm upset or, you know, good news, bad news, like we share it with each other. Yeah. And and then you have friends that, you know, maybe what they've asked for in their life is a little bit of space. And that's okay. I have a friend and she went through some very traumatic stuff and she's building her life and her community to support her in her best way possible. And she knows that if she ever needs anything, she can call and I'm here, you know. But sometimes people just need space too. Yeah, that's like the hard thing, right? Do like women tend to take it more personally if you just are in that phase where you're going through something you're taking your space I don't know when I'm in my deep throes of depression I can't call anybody like I can't talk to anybody the only person I talk to is Taylor sometimes Asher and then if I need I know I have a friend actually that I can text or call because we have an arrangement where when one of us is going through an episode we know that we can reach out and it's a safe place but I always feel really bad like oh am I ghosting people you know or am I ghosting Ken's How is she going to feel, you know, if I don't reach out? Or like, you know, I just, I've had a lot of relationships where they get really weird if you just are gone off the face of the earth for a little bit, which I understand. But I also want to understand like why those expectations are there in the first place on me, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's a hard one. Um, That's a tough one to answer. I know. (laughs) I think part of it is that we don't talk about mental health very often. I think that probably weaves in quite nicely into this episode. Because if you are not in a space where you can do anything but try to live from day to day and you don't have space to give any of your own self to people and we're not comfortable saying, look, I'm really depressed and I don't have space right now for this. I don't have the bandwidth. I don't have any of this. I just need space. And we just don't, we're not very comfortable saying that. I don't think I've ever said that to anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's the first time you're hearing that, you know, that's what those episodes are like for me. You know, like it's, it is yeah. like there's days, there have been days where I can hardly like function, right? Like I, I know that kind of feeling and, you know, and so I just, I don't know. I just, I just, I struggle with like the, just like the expectation side of it, I guess. Like, you know, just. Yeah. And like, I'm a people pleaser, like right. a horrifying people pleaser. And so for me, when I struggle with my mental health, I'll just push through, which isn't the best thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who listen to this who have experienced 
when I shouldn't be out doing something and I show up anyways and then the really horrific side of me comes along that's like an epic bitch to people like (laughs) I can be super unpleasant Mm. and super mean and say things that just cut you to the core yes that's when I should be alone in my own space (laughs) yeah definitely yeah I think part of me wonders like if we have such high expectations on each other as women because of like what you were saying earlier where we've only been fed the narrative that you have to just fight and claw your way to the top so therefore we expect so much from ourselves right and then we turn around and expect so much from the people around us and especially the women around us we just expect them to be these superhuman people and yeah it's just kind of a weird double standard i feel like yeah and maybe it's actually like this a little bit maybe we don't always identify or accept the fact that we deserve love in the form that we're in because we were told that we have to be perfect Mm -hmm. always and perfection isn't depressed and perfection isn't tired and perfection isn't insert your own adjective here (laughs) and maybe the truth is that we as a population could do better about reaching out with empathy to people and saying it's okay that you're not perfect and you can take the space you need and I'm still going to be here on the other side. Mm, right? Definitely. Yeah, I think so. I think that sounds great. And then it's the people who aren't willing to do that for you. You you light the match and you burn it to the ground. I'll bring the gasoline. We'll make it a bonfire. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's important to know where your boundaries are with that and just to know that it's okay if and when you come to a point in life where you need to release someone you know i think you can be done with empathy i mean you can light a bonfire but and at the same time you can say hey this is just how it is and i do this out of a a space of love and just love for myself mostly my god how brave to say it like are you a fan are you team like say it to their face or you team ghost them um (laughs) because i don't i think ghosting's easier It is easier. It is. You know, when I decided to cut off contact with this person, we exchanged some letters and basically the person said, I think there's still a lot that you're not saying. It was kind of just like at that point that I knew in my letter I had said what I needed to say that the boundary was in place. And so I just never responded after after that point. Mm. But I do think that it was done with my best intentions and with my fullest heart in a way that was like, I do this because I just need to do it for myself to move yeah. on and to be a better woman. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. This has been a hard episode. Yeah, I haven't loved it. <laughs> I've almost cried a couple times. Yeah, I know. It's true. Friendships are, they're so, they can be some of the most beautiful and some of the most joy-giving and life-giving things. I am so grateful for every person I've ever called a friend in my whole life. Absolutely. Yeah. But also some of those same people that I love with every part of my being has, have also like hurt me in every part of my being. And so it can be really complicated. Yeah. And really hard to navigate. And especially when you're 17 to like... I don't know. I guess I just want to say 35 because that's what I just turned. But there is so much change and turmoil like within you as a person during that time you're not 35 i just turned 35 last week no that math's not right yeah I did. you're 34 no i turned 35 i don't think so well i, okay. I did i am but thanks for that okay so now we're gonna completely switch gear yeah we thought we would introduce a new segment at the end of our shows because some of our shows can be quite 
sad. I guess this one's really sad. Well, I just want to say before we end, thanks again to everyone who has listened. You can find us now on Apple and Spotify because my mother-in-law could only use Apple, so I thought I would just let her listen as well. And, you know, if you ever need support in a decision to, to move on from a friendship... You know that Sage and I have experienced it in multiple different facets, and we're here to help you if you need. And we love you no matter where you are in life. Absolutely. And also, if you have any just, you know, tips or advice on uh, friendship in general, hey, we're always, uh, well, we clearly need to hear it. (laughs) Yeah, like where do 30-year-olds make friends? That's a good question. I think we both have. That's an excellent one. And I'm sorry if I've ever been mean to you. That's just a general blanket statement, as always. <laughs> okay. Okay. So our new segment, our new segment is on unpopular opinions that Sage and I share. And well, maybe we don't share. We don't. But we don't. We don't share them. But we have them. And we thought we would share them with you guys. Because they're kind of funny. Okay. So my first unpopular opinion, <laughs> which maybe we'll lose some followers over or gain some, maybe. Fingers crossed. Is that... When you paint a kitchen all white, that's no good. It's the worst. I think <laughs> it lacks design and stylistic choice, okay, personally. <laughs> like, we're going to lose followers. Anyways, the all white aesthetic is not my aesthetic, and I do not like it in a kitchen. That's my unpopular opinion. It's my opinion. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Sage. My unpopular opinion is that man buns will end us all like i don't understand their purpose and i wish you would stop doing it immediately (laughs) (laughs) i kind of like it you like man buns why not well what the fuck for they're so stupid (laughs) if i had like kind of like a half buzz cut half bun situation on my head you would tell me to go get it fixed like you wouldn't you wouldn't allow me to walk around like that, would you? I don't know that that would suit your face. Well, I don't know that it suits anyone else's face, so that's my argument. Come on, the guy that plays, like, Aquaman, though, his man bun is hot. But he's got, like, full, curly, lush hair. Like, it's not, like, a like a half situation. Oh, so you're only a hater on, like, short man buns. Well, it's just a blanketed it's statement. A little... It just has to be because it's, like, ew. Okay, that's fine. All right, my next one is that retractable dog leashes should not exist and if you own one you probably do not know how to work it properly they shouldn't exist people do not know how to use them i've seen a lot of sketchy shit with those so i'm with you they retract like i don't i don't understand why you can't retract your dog on a retractable leash okay i have one are you ready okay people who are morning people with quote morning energy are the worst and i do not like them and i don't want them in my space (laughs) except for my husband who i love i'm a morning person i don't think you are though do you think you are we do talk every morning i guess it's morning there at at 5 a.m yeah i call you yeah so mackenzie calls me at 5 a.m her time and it's 3 p.m here which means i'm like in my mid-afternoon slump every single time she calls (laughs) that or i'm like in an active nap and it's obnoxious like the energy level is just like I just cannot emphasize enough that it doesn't work for me. Well, what an unpopular opinion you have. You know, there was... Morning people are 
great there was a period of time where i was determined i was like i am going to be a morning person i'm gonna do this i'm gonna like wake up and be so peppy and well we know where that got us yeah you take after a mom (laughs) and i take after dad i do Dad and I used to walk the beach at 5 a.m. on vacation. like, <laughs> And I woke up promptly at 9. <laughs> yeah. Good memories, though. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us on this journey of thought today. <laughs> Excellent. Cool. Okay. See you guys uh, in two weeks. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Okay. Hi, you guys. This is us post-recording, realizing we never told you why we named it. I'll never let you go, Jack. (laughs) So the reason we named it that is because in the movie Titanic, Rose tells her lover, Jack, that she will never let him go. And then she promptly shoves him into the ocean while she swims to safety. She doesn't swim to safety. Oh, she gets picked up, right? Yeah. She's she's just on the door. Yeah, but she basically shoves his body off to save her own life. And yeah. so, and we thought it was funny, and then we never told you why we named it. <laughs> I'll never let you go, Jack. And yeah. that just maybe seems like a psychotic way to name an episode. But that's- <laughs> okay, well, there you are. Cheers. Later. Bye. <laughs>